The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery free in terms of apply, see mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Red Side of the Trent. This is your host, Adam Wicklow, speaking uh, after a hiatus uh, last week. Obviously, uh, Lee Clark took the reins. Lee is no longer here this week. I don't, he's, he's, he's took his glory and he's, and he's gone off. Uh, joined ever by Reese Lane and Christian Brown. Are you all right, guys? Yeah, good. Thank you, bud. Very good. Thank you. Christian, that must have been a short journey for you, for a change. It was or quite was it nice. nice. Oh, it's an hour and a half. <laughs> right. That was in traffic as well. Um, no, yeah, yeah, just, it, yeah, just rub it in. Sorry, mate. <laughs> oh, well, well, Christian had to do a four-hour journey to, to to Wolves and back, or whatever it was. So you know, <laughs> just one of them, isn't it? So we're going to start off with uh, the team. Obviously, last night we drew nil-nil away at Brighton, which I thought was uh, a commendable point in the end, although. There's, there's arguments that we could have done more to try and win the game. Um, we'll get onto that later. Three changes were made, Reese. Obviously, Aro Mangala, Serge Aurier come in and Jesse Lingard for Harry Toffolo, Kiate and Dennis. Moving Nico Williams to left back and I'm sure we will definitely get onto him. Christian, your favourite player at the moment. <laughs> but uh, what did you make of the team lineup with having no striker? Because obviously Emmanuel Dennis has done well recently, but wasn't to be seen last night. Um... Not ideal, but I think it's become pretty clear now we need a striker in January for me who can hold the ball up because, you know, I've seen Paul Taylor's report into the don't think a one you can do that. So, to be honest, no wonder there's been a sack in the recruitment team if you spent £17 million on a striker who we don't think can hold it up when we had someone in Keenan Davis last season who was paramount to a success towards the end of the season who could hold it up. You know, Dennis is not that type of player as well. He's more of a probably a forward who would play right or left side, really, rather than down the centre. And then Sam Surridge, brilliant finisher, no doubt for me. I think he's a Premier League finisher, but all-round game, I don't see him as the answer personally as well in terms of holding the ball up like, going. I don't like keep going back to last season, but like Davis did for us. And that's what we're lacking at the minute. And that's probably why we had a look at Malpai, I think, in the summer. Um to be fair to, to Brennan, um, he, you know, he's had some stick anti about, I think, more in regards to effort. And last night, he put a shift in, you know, and it, he he made it a bit more tough for Dunk. You'd expect Dunk to win most because, you know, he's a centre-half, a big guy. But, you know, Brennan chasing down, he made it a bit harder for him. And that, that, was, that was better for him. And I think those who have given him stick, probably that's what they want off him. But um, in terms of the changes, going back to them, it's clear to see. I, th- I think Ore going forward is better than Williams. Um, but when we're playing a back four, then we're obviously going to get caught out down the sides when your wing-back's going forward on the counter. It's clear to see, I think, as well, that like he's struggling for fitness with not having a pre-season. 
I thought it was clear, a bit clear to see as well. I know a few fans are frustrated with Mangala being took off, which, you know, is fair. But I think he's coming back into it and he's not played much. So he was probably about time to come off and Kuyate come off. He's maybe struggling a bit. So over time, you'd hope that would get better for him and play 90 minutes. And Lingard, I mean, I thought Jesse worked hard last night, but... You know, Jesse's qualities are on the ball and we're just not getting the ball to his attackers enough, are we? And, you know, he's, he's copping stick for it because at the end of the day, we know kind of how much he's on a week, etc. And it, it's going back to similar when, you know, Lewis Graben copped stick at the start of last season when, you know, he wasn't even getting chances. And it was like, what 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 you meant to do, create something out of nothing. It just doesn't really work like that, does it? So... You know, I, I, I thought he, you know, we want to get, I want to see more Lingard on the ball and getting in the ball more, and we don't give it enough to him. But I thought the lads worked hard last night for a point, and we came for a point, we got a point, and it was a good point. It's just defensively, we look okay down the spine. It's just going forward, we're really toothless, aren't we? So I'm sure we'll come on to. Yeah, with Jesse Lingard, I thought in the opening few fixtures of the season when we tried to play Cooper's normal style, that's when we saw what he could potentially do because he was getting on the ball a lot more. And now because we're having to revert back to this defensive kind of system at the moment to just build a platform to begin with almost, like almost stripping it back, he's having to do a lot of doggies almost and and it's not really beneficial for his going forward. But Let's move on. The opening minutes, Christian, we looked pretty nervy. I thought we grew into it eventually, but but Brighton's quality and obviously how long they've been together told a lot of things uh, in in order for us to get to be a, an established Premier League club. But was you quite worried whilst in the ground about Brighton's approach play or was you quite relaxed with it? Do you think they, they posed too much of a threat? Honestly, pretty relaxed. They might sound very silly, but um, I just didn't see them scoring. Um, as good as they were on the ball, don't get me wrong, Brighton are a lovely side to watch. Um, but I can imagine probably one of the more frustrating sides in, in the league to watch if you're a fan, purely because the lack of end products is absolutely abysmal. It has been for, it's been no secret for some time it's been that way. I think um, even last year, I think even with Potter, you know, they were averaging a goal a game or something like that, or 1.1 goal a game. It's not, you know, they don't, they're not prolific goal scorers by any stretch of imagination. So, um, and that's because they don't have prolific goal scorers in their team. Like, you know, if you're relying on Danny Welbeck to get your goals and something's not quite right. But um, no, I mean, it, don't get me wrong. Like, they showed, I think, one point you did touch upon there about, you know, the benefits of having a settled side. I mean, I'm pretty sure they've had like Dunk and maybe Webster since they got promoted pretty much. So, you know, that's how, I mean, everyone knew their job pretty much. They, um, they've obviously recruited well and sensibly as well. Like Kaisido, those things um, straight in for Basuma. Like you wouldn't know he was there. Um, obviously, Gross has been there a few years now. I think he was one of Hewton signings actually at Brighton. Um, Trossard, another one who's been there a good few years now. Um, how long he stays is another matter because, again, you know, um, catching a few admiring glances across Europe and the rest of the Premier League. But no, so yeah, obviously, you saw them. You know, they looked, they looked a team. I'll give them that. They looked a team. They looked cohesive. They looked, you know, a good unit. They, they knew everyone knew their jobs in that team. That's one of the first fundamentals of football. However, I, just never felt like they were likely to score unless it was a forest mistake. And, you know, they, they got into good positions. The only time I was slightly worried when the one um, was when Gross mishit it and Henderson flipped it around the post. It looks a lot better in uh, in the stands than it is watching it back. Because um, at the time, I was like, oh my God, that's like the last time I went to Brighton, Doris de Fries pulled off a save of the season contender on the first day of the season. And I was like, oh, Henderson has just made it, done that again. But oh, it, was, it was a good height for him. And Grocious misheads it, but that's their problem. We, as we said in this podcast before, um, after the um, <coughs> sorry, after the Wolves game, we said that um, you know, we could frustrate them if we wanted to if we all turned up and if we did our jobs. And I think that's what we did, got a nil nil draw. And um, yeah, I just, that's it's their problem. And to be honest, if they keep um, doing this and playing this way and don't sign a good striker in January without Potter's magic to spray across the Amex, they could well be down there with us and not to, not too distant future. Yeah, Reese, I just wanted to bring you in on, on this as well with 
I thought there was a bit of a missed opportunity in terms of pressing Brighton quite high up the pitch at times. There was a times where they were kind of knocking it around and there, there was a few times where there should have been a bit of a trigger in terms to go after him. There was a, an opportunity in the first half where Freuler definitely capitalised on that and he really like closed down Sacido and I think he nicked the ball off him almost on the edge of their box and we and we we blew that chance with a poor pass at the end of the day. But do you think we need to... When, when do you think we are going to actually start pressing in terms of as a unit? Because you you get like the odd player pressing, but it's it's always one player or two players. You have to, and when we went to watch them against Man City, you see their whole 11 press almost as one, but we have to start doing that surely soon. Yeah, of course we do, mate. Um, but it is, it is a tough one, isn't it? Because, you know, I think if we pressed last night for example at the wrong times Brighton would have just pinged it around us because we just haven't as a team yet got that cohesion um, between us I mean when do we really as a team play like a dozen passes around the midfield we're just not at the minute that, mm. that's just how it is um, so you know it, it's kind of Cooper's, like he said, really, he's gone back to the basics and he's, he's put three in midfield where we said we was being overran. You know, Scott McKenna and Steve Cook will deal with most balls into the box, in my opinion, heading and kicking, which they did last night. I think Welbeck had one header, but I thought Keck, 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 Cook and McKenna pretty much headed and kicked everything last night. I think there was one error from Cook where he... He fumbled on the ball a bit, but I thought them two were excellent down the spine of the side. Um, Gates, as we'll come on to later, you know, second half, uh, put his body on the line. You know, there was like one bit I liked was, I think at one point they got away from Freud and he just took them back. You know, sometimes you've got to, you've got to take a stupid foul now and again when teams are breaking and you know, be a bit more streetwise, I think I'd say. You know, I look, I like, I looked at a few I don't like badgering the referee, but I looked at like a few contentious decisions last night and Brighton was straight away around the ref. You know, when it was like on the other foot for us, we just like kind of accepted it. And you, you know what it's like in football when you, you're getting the referee's ear, he starts, sometimes he can kind of tech, oh, I'll give him the next one. You know what I mean? And we've just got to be, I think, a bit more streetwise and try and make his own look as well. Um, in that sense, but <laughs> it's one of them. Into I mean, you know, we, it was a good point last. I wasn't really arsed how we got the point last night. It's good to Brian and get a point. I think for most sides, we'd probably take that in this league in terms of that other fourteen or other thirteen, of course, apart from the big six. And it's just really now how we um, going forward, how we're going to improve because. Like I said in my last comment, going forward, let's have it right. As harsh as it sounds, it's non-existent really, isn't it, at the minute? Yeah. Well, let me ask you this then, because when, when Henderson got the ball and there was a chance for a quick distribution and Mangala and Freuler were asking for it, it, it seemed that they were asking for it, but without knowing really where the next pass is going to come from, which is quite frustrating in terms of, one, why are you asking for the ball in the first place? Then if you're not already knowing where that next ball is going to go. Like, there were so many opportunities for us to do that. Does how, how does that change in terms of when players are going to start actually knowing when to drop the ball off to someone for, for it to go out wide to the right back or the left back or, or the wing or, or even into the striker's feet? Because I'm not having any of this of cohesion. They need to get to know each other. It's been 10 games now or more. Is it 11 games we've had? I, I'm not having any of that. That's that's a load of bollocks. We play. I've played with people that I don't even know, and you can get an understanding of the ball gets played into someone's feet, and you go, "Yeah, drop that off." I know where the next ball's going, even though I'm not. I'm not. I don't play at a particularly high level. But where where do you think where do you think it's going wrong in that kind of stance? I think as well. You look like like you just made a good point from the West Ham, the Everton, and Tottenham game. It looked like it was coming along nicely in terms of cohesion. Then ever since that City defeat and that you know collapse against Bournemouth, we've just literally fell off a cliff, haven't we? And, yeah. and it's like everyone's confidence is just completely shot. And it, you know when that does happen, you're looking for someone to stand up and be a leader, and no no one has really done that. 
Um, you know, Hen- I was watching Henderson last night because he's coming for a bit of stick and he was literally, you know, trying to get the ball out through the middle. But like Mangala and Froyle who pick up the backs was turned. He's got to be on the half turn. So like yeah. you just said, Adam, he rolls it out. They're on the half turn. They can see ahead of them and they can see who they're going to pass to next. The problem is, with respect to, have, I think I mentioned this in the last pod, to Ryan Gates and Cuyarte, they're not going to be the type of player you're going to pass it to next. And they're going to either make a really good forward pass into, say, Lingard or Gibbs White or carry the ball. To be, when them three are your centre mids, um, which I think happened, didn't it, at the end of the game last night? Yeah. You, you probably only need one out of the three. Who need, and that for me would be Froiler because he will drop in to make a back three. Henderson can roll it out to him on a turn. And then when Lewis O'Brien and Mangala are fit, there you drive him, there you drive the midfielders to go forward to take it to the next stage. And that's just something we can't do at the minute. No, I agree um, with that. You know, I know that might upset a lot of people that, you know, probably not have Ryan Yates in there, but <laughs> it's just like you, at the three centre mids, what we ended up on the pitch last night, just too similar. They're all defensive minded, really. And if you're going to, you know, get some cohesion going forward, which we can't at the minute, you need people who are going to drive the ball forward. And that's why I said in the last pod as well how much we've missed Garner because he did that perfectly for me. Yeah, we'll, we'll get on to Ryan Yates, but uh, Christian, it's it's Nico Williams' time, obviously. Um, I don't know if you know about this, but I watched the game on Amazon Prime and his pictures of his hand with with uh, a five, um, I think that's as many mistakes as he was going to make in the game, personally. I thought he was absolutely abysmal until the last maybe 15 minutes where I thought he was okay, but he was, he was fucking shit. Um, I would agree entirely with that assessment of how he played. Um, yeah, he only looked to come alive in the last 15 minutes. It was um, it was bad. He was bad. I mean, you've got people saying, I don't know whether it's whether it's a confidence thing or whether it's just a lack of ability, both, I don't know. But at the minute, it's becoming harder and harder to justify why he's even be on the bench at the minute, let alone starting 11. And... You know, I saw someone say after going to Bianco, I did more in about five minutes than Williams did on the right side all game, and it's not far off the truth. Well, the left hand side, even because that's where he was. He was like, I'd, he just didn't. Um, I don't know what like, he just like. He just seems to get beat so easily at the minute. Like he just seems just lacking any sort of like belief in what he can do or, or anything like that. Like, and I, I don't know what the answer is with him. I really don't like. You know, the more I watch him, the more I miss Jed Spence. This is like, fair enough, he was playing left back yesterday, but you know, which is where he plays for Wales. And I thought, okay, he plays for Wales there. You know, maybe he might oh, help, help him a little bit. He just every single time in the second half, Brighton just went right, attack Williams. They actually gave up going down Oreo's side, just pinned everything down Williams' side because they knew it was weak. And it's always a good saying, like, oh, you know, he got X tackle the game, or oh, you know, he got fucking beat so often. Like, it's just simple things as well, like you know, just standing, standing your ground and not running in, and like, oh, it's just, it's just infuriating. I don't there, know. And there was a there was a few occasions where Sally March was was going against him, and my my mate would come around to watch it, and he was going show him show him outside, just show him outside, and then every time he'd show him inside, and I think mm-hmm. Sally March got a good shot and away, and, and Henderson did well to, to save it, to be honest. And then there was another point where. Mangala's come over to help him. He's pointed to to track the overlapping wrong. He doesn't. Solly March plays it and, and Brighton have another half chance. Another time where Freud has pinged the ball out to him. He's controlled it brilliantly. There's a ball on inside. He gets the ball nicked off him straight away. Or And, and it, it's time after time. And yeah, he might be going through a few confidence issues, but therefore you make your game simpler. Either do what Steve Cook is doing and, and getting rid or just play the line ball every time. Lingard was free so many times and it just was not going to him at all because Nico Williams wasn't getting the basics right and even of just controlling the ball and passing it to a red shirt. Yeah, I mean, I think that his pass completion is actually genuinely concerning. Like, it just seems like, unless it's a safe ball sideways into Cook or to McKenna, he doesn't know how to pass the ball forward. So I, 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 every time I see Williams try a line ball, it goes out of play. It goes, it's, it's, intercepted, it's intercepted. Like his crossing from deep isn't finding men anymore. Like, 
I just don't know what he has to do or what the answer is. I'm not like a, I'm not a fullback specialist by any stretch of the imagination, but I know from what I'm seeing at the minute, it isn't working. And you know, it, 17 million apparently is that the final fee? Like okay, some people saying earlier to me, oh, apparently 12 rising to 17. And we're just being mugged again by Liverpool's. Liverpool just sold very well again. Like if you look at like they do exactly what's it? They sold what's it? Solanke and. Uh, Jordan Ibe, I think, went to Bournemouth for 35 to 40 million pounds for the pair. And you look at uh, Rian Brewster going to Sheffield United for 27 million pounds. We can add Neko Williams to that list. They've just basically conned another club and seen us coming and ran all the way to the bank before we get a chance to refrain it. Like, the, but the worrying thing is, I mean, we touched on this last week about the um, last one, sorry, about the, the recruitment team. Well, it's come out today that obviously Paul Taylor um, in the Athletics saying that, you know, the club staff aren't convinced that Awani is ready, is technically ready for the Premier League. Well, why have we spent 17 million pounds on him then? Mm. And it's like, you know, these are things that, like, whoever sanctioned those two signings, like, I'm, I've got no doubt like, it, it, from all accounts that I think oh, there is something to work with with Awani. To, to his credit, I think, I generally think there is something there. Maybe we're not playing to his strengths. Maybe we haven't found the right formula for him yet. But I do think there is something there. And I would like to see him more on the pitch, really. But with Williams, I've seen enough after 10 games. I know it sounds really harsh from the toughest league in the world, but he's literally a boy in a man's league at this moment in time. That's how it looks. And, you know, that's going to be the weak point. That's going to be every team will look at that until he sorts his game out. And I know that might sound harsh. It might sound like, oh, you know, it's only 10 games sort of thing. But we don't have time to bed him in over the course of the season to see how he kicks on next year. Next year, we might not be a Premier League club. Mm. If we keep playing him, we probably won't be a Premier League club. That's the honest truth of it. Yeah. I think just for a bit of balance before we move on, like at the start of the season, I thought he looked pretty decent, Williams. You know, the first, not the Newcastle game because he was poor, but I think the West Ham game especially, he looked like, you know, he could drive forward and, you know, get us up the pitch. And the literally last, since that City game going forward tonight, he's literally like looked nothing like that. So I've, I've no idea what's happened really whether it's just a confidence issue or what, because like I said in the last pod, he, he gets the ball now anywhere on the wing. He just tries and crosses it. And it doesn't matter whether it's 40 yards out or, you know, he really ne- never really gets to the byline or anything. So he is someone who I held more hope than Christian with because he's still young, isn't he? But, you know, with the money we've spent on him, you, we've got to be looking for an improvement there for sure. Well, it's like last season, Reese, with with Spence, him and him and Johnson were so good at getting to the byline, and we've and, missed that, mate, massively, and, and that and that cutback. So that's that's what I'm concerned about. But we're going to move on um, with something else, which I thought was a bit more positive. It's like a kind of a fifty-fifty positive and negative. The work rate from the front three, I thought, were brilliant. Like in terms of doing horrible, horrible work. Because Morgan Gibbs, White and Lingard do not want to defend. Johnson doesn't want to get involved, but I thought all three of them were brilliant. Johnson, like you mentioned earlier, Reese, with, with Lewis Dunk, he, he really, he gave him a real horrible moment, I thought, either in the first or second half, I can't quite remember, but he made him fall over. And I think, and I thought that was kind of quite amazing for Johnson, to be honest, because he's not a physical player. He rode a challenge which, which could have hurt him in the first half as well. And I thought that was a positive and gave him a little bit of, something but my issue is the, the, the strikerless thing because there was an opportunity I thought last night and, and the Wolves game for us to to do something but we're not playing a striker and I, and I find that worrying and is is that because he doesn't trust a one or what? Well if, if it's to believe what Paul Taylor says that's obviously one thing isn't it? Um, I think like, like I said this in a previous comment already tonight that's what fans who are criticising Johnson probably wanted off him last night, you know, lean into the defender a bit, make life make life difficult for the defender. You know, not in terms of, he's probably not going to win the aerial duels or he's going to barge him off the ball, but try and pressure the defender with your, with your movement and your pace and nudging him a little bit and pressure him into a mistake. Mm. You know, like, like you just said, Adam, you know, I put Lewis Dunk on the floor, didn't he? Um, just be a bit ratty. But, yeah, you, you just got to make life, you know, you just got to make life a bit more difficult for teams. And, you know, previously we've not done that. 
um, you know, City for me was the one where we just, I know fans, I know City can steamroll sides anyway, but we literally like rolled over for him that night and had his bellies tickled. So <laughs> um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't agree with you in terms of there was excellent the front three. I think there was better. I, I don't um, think I said excellent. I just said it was a good, it was good to see the work rate, which is a okay. bare minimum. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. You know, it was better and it, you, you know, you've got to work hard for points in this league, you know, especially from home. And I thought we did that last night, really. It was just hard work where and really why we got a point. I didn't think at any point was going to really go on and win the game, um, which is, there was one point, I think, in the second half, I bet Christian remember this as well, where we got Johnson clear and I don't think there was anyone within 40 yards of him. And then he ended up shooting, it went out for a throw in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not, I'm not, it's not, it's not Brennan's fault. He ran at Dunk and he, he showed him, went to the left and got a shot in a, you know, poor shot in the end. But what, what could he really do? He needed someone in the middle, and that's where you needed your striker. As you've seen, I know it didn't come off, but at the end, being Connie put a ball in and Awanya was in there. So we need to play a striker. But like we said, going back to the start of the little piece. Or Taylor is to be believed. They don't seem like they don't fancy a one. So I can see he's bringing in someone, mate, in January. Really, can who, who can hold the ball up? I don't know that'll be. But like Christian's just said, if we're spending thirty-five million pound on two players from this, you know what people are think on Twitter is a revolution recruitment room, uh, room team. Um, and none, and both not performing at the minute. It's no probably no wonder with our ruthless Maranakis is someone's been sacked. So, yeah, um, cons- going forward is concerning massively because you, you, apart from a set piece, I don't see a scoring. I really don't. I was very much in the Keenan Davis corner of let's let's offer Villa eight million and like a bonus if we survived. I think we've missed a trick there. We might really. have done to be fair. We just don't know that, do we? No, but I and I do think we've missed a trick. I know his injury record and his goal record wasn't great, but it's what everything else he brings. And I mean, he's not scored many goals at Watford, but they love him because they know what what we've seen, which is hold up, can beat a man, can get us up the pitch. Is he's just horrible and, and I loved him, but it's it's hindsight and it's it's all always a wonderful thing. But I think that's what we all expected a one year to be, didn't we? And I thought a one year was just an upgrade on Davis because he was a similar type of player who scored in a top five league. And it's obviously clear he isn't the same type of player as Davis. No. So it's not really good alignment, to be honest. Yeah. Well, we're going to get on to the late changes before I, I, I will ask you a Ryan Yates question, Reese, as you did ask me so politely. <laughs> but let's get into these late changes, Christian, because uh, Biancarne, Warhol and Awanya did come on for Toffolo, Johnson and Lingard. Obviously, Toffolo got bought on and then taken off because he got injured. Um, I thought Biancarne did OK. I mean, he got forward. <laughs> yeah, it does help. Um, no, he looks he looks youthful. Um, obviously, that first it felt bad for him because his first touch was really good, and his second touch put him in a position where he could have played someone down the line. And his third touch was a shocking pass that went out for a goal kick. <laughs> but, um, no, he looked good. The subs um, as an entity, I mean, I felt a bit bad for Toffolo actually because Toffolo looked a lot better in that fifteen minute spell he had. He did in the entire ninety minutes against Wolves. Like he was getting stuck in. He was getting touch tight to his uh, winger. He was, um, you know, he, he looked well up for it, and then it's just a real shame that he went down because you're thinking, oh, fuck, like, it's, it's like annoying, and it's six call footballs that you, you, you know, show you can turn a um, turn a corner, and that's it. You think you're onto something, and then you get another hurdle thrown in your way. Um, Worrell looked okay for a few minutes. He was on. Um, <laughs> he didn't really have a lot to do, and um, yeah, obviously Taiwo, you know, uh, he got um, he got to play a bit, didn't he? Taiwo, he burst on a counter and won a foul very quickly. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, they they show signs of life. They sort of game out. Um, Biancone, you know, as we as Lee touched upon in the last one, sort of gained this sort of cult following despite not actually kicking a football in the public eye. But um, now he looked useful. He at least shown glimpses of what he can do, what he can offer, and. You know, a, a lot depends on the injuries to other people. Obviously, we know Richards is out for the foreseeable future until after the World Cup, probably. If Toffolo's got a hamstring injury, that's probably him out until after the World Cup as well, because, you know, that's only a month away now. Yeah. And um, 
We don't know what so, the yeah. extent of of Renan Lodi's injury is. Yeah, obviously, that seemed a lot sooner. But I wouldn't be surprised. Like we could see Williams maybe playing left back and you know, Aurier or Bianconi going down the right. We, you know, it's you know, one person's downfall is another person's opportunity. Sadly, in football. And um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see whether he gets more minutes. I mean, on current form, I would definitely start him ahead of Williams at right back. And I know that sounds maybe a bit premature, but I just think above all else, Williams needs to spell out the team. Like yeah. whether that's to re- recover himself, recover his form, whatever, work on what he needs to work on, then go again. That's fine. It happens as a young player, you get consistent batches, it's okay. But um yeah, I, I just think that if we're looking at um players in the pecking order for that right back slot, I think it's looking much like Aurier, um, Biancono and then Williams. Do you think there's a room for Changing the system uh, with with potentially Warrell coming back in. I know it was only a substitute appearance, but we did revert to a three at the back for the last few minutes. Do you think that's a possibility of us getting it's back, back to five that? rather than a back three? But uh, um, whatever it was, a flat back five. I mean, maybe. I mean, the, the worry is, like we said, like I touched upon earlier. Like, so we looked like after the Emerson game, okay, we were a bit leaky, but we still looked a bit more of a cohesive unit. Whereas now, obviously, we've had to batten down the hatches massively try and grind results out and it's come at a massive cost going forwards. Like, like Ray said, I don't see how scoring, unless it's from a set piece, we haven't scored no play goal in five games. Mm-hmm. Like that was against Fulham. Like that's, that's a huge area of concern. Like, um, and you know, I, I don't see it changing for the next two games, certainly, but something's <laughs> going to have to give at some point because ultimately it's all well and good drawing nil nil. But if we draw the last 27 games of the season, uh, sorry, or every game of the season left nil nil, we will still go down. Yeah, because it won't be enough points to keep us up. So well, we need to get a win, and we need to find a way to get that forward unit firing. And um, where that comes from, change of shape, I don't know. It's difficult because you're getting balances in other areas and others. So, for example, yeah, we're looking much more defensively solid. The midfield three looks a lot more settled. Okay, it isn't the most progressive midfield three, but it's limiting teams to next to nothing. Like really, Brighton had maybe two chances of note in ninety minutes. The Trossard one that hit the balls from range, you know, it wasn't like we were cutting us to pieces at will. I just had a lot of the ball. Game before that, Wolves scored from a penalty. Game before that, Villa offered next to nothing and scored from a good long-range effort. So it is working. You know, and um, obviously one of the reasons why we got promoted last season was because we were so good off the ball. In fact, we were one of the best teams in the league off the ball. And that showed. So if we can get that sense of, of like, you know, resilience back and then build on what comes forward and great but I don't know I mean I this is it do we chop and change again and try and get something out of the attacking players and then risk leaking more goals it just seems like I said some things are sticking against the wall some things are just falling off and then I guess it's up to Cooper to try and make sure that more sticks and doesn't but um, it's a difficult question as I asked the formation change I don't really know what we can do we tried 4 3 one and got absolutely pulverised by Leicester um, we tried three at the back and didn't realise you know, with two in midfield we just getting overran so would you do that and go to a 5-4-1 you know it's, it's not exactly the most it's not going to help you <laughs> score goals is it like so uh, I don't you know I, I don't know <laughs> fair enough um, I'm sure we'll go into it a little bit more detail later on but Reese, let's just. I just want to ask you, how did Ryan Yates get man of the match on Amazon I don't know did he get man of the match he wouldn't have got it in the stadium but Apparently, he got man of the match, um, according to Matthew Upson. What did you make of that? No, I wouldn't agree with that. Um, for me, Dean Anderson was our man of the match. Um, but that's not to say Yates didn't play well. I thought first half he was poor. Second half, I thought he did well. I thought he did exactly what his qualities are, which is, you know, being aggressive, just just hassling folk. He, he's a destroyer type of midfielder. He's not a midfielder who is going to pass the ball forward progressively. He's not a midfielder who's going to carry the ball forward for you. What Ryan Yates' qualities are is he hassles people, he wins fouls, gets his body in the way and shows a level of commitment which football fans expect from every player. But, you know, in modern day football, that doesn't happen. You know, and Twitter, I mean, is is either. I mean, I seen someone put the second coming of a young Roy Keane. Well, I, that person must have never watched Roy Keane play for Forest because he was a box to box midfielder. 
Um, and could score Ryan goals. Yates, a lot yeah, of Ryan goals. Yates, yeah, I mean, Ryan Yates would score from set pieces, won't he, really? Um, I wouldn't imagine Ryan Yates carrying the ball 30 yards and scoring, for example. Um, and then on the other end of the scale, it's everyone in the haters, as it's so-called known, which is a word I hate because... <laughs> I think people who critique players aren't haters. It's just don't rate that player. But the um, you apparently, according to them, he was absolutely awful. So it, it lies in the middle, doesn't it, really? I thought he did well second half last night. He, he wasn't shit and he wasn't anything more than put his body on the line for me. And that's what his qualities are. Um, the problem is <laughs> when, the, when his fans like he has a decent performance like last night and it seems like they rub it in people who don't rate him faces and then when he has a bad game then people who don't rate him are on his back and it's it's just a vicious circle really and, and that's probably why the lad I feel a little bit sorry for him gets more stick than others because you know it's <laughs> when you, you know what it's like in life if you if you rub people up the wrong way this and then you, you they get proved wrong they're going to rub it back the other way, you know what I mean? So, I mean, for me, like like I said in another comment already tonight, we only need one out of three, for me, of Yates, Froiler and Kuyat on the pitch if O'Brien and Mangala are fully fit because they play. And for me, that would be Froiler. Um, but I wouldn't be probably more away from home Um I wouldn't be against Yates start because he gives you that tenacity. Whereas Froyle is more someone who, like I said, can pick it up from the back to and play it forward. So, you know, I want now I wouldn't have given him man of the match. Um, I would have given it Henderson personally, but that's not to take any discredit from him. I think when the chips are down and you need place to put the bodies on the line, I think Ryan Yates shows, you know, that for Forrest. And you can't, you can't um you know, have a go at him for that. I think I think the Villa game epitomised that when we needed someone probably just to dig in a bit. And I thought he was really good that night in terms of his aggression to stop in Villa. But going, if we want to play more forward, I'm not sure if he'd have a place in the team, me personally, especially at home. But I say that as we played Liverpool Saturday. <laughs> So we're probably going to be on the... Well, we will be on the back foot, let's be honest. So yeah. it might be an ideal game for him, Saturday, being a Nottingham lad as well. My well, issue... My, through the academy. My issue with him, first off, was he hid a lot of the time. Fuller would get the ball and he'd get he'd kind of pick up positions where there was like two or three Brighton players and then point to somewhere else. And I'm thinking, yeah, for sure, hiding, mate. But And th- this is the only frustrating thing for me is in terms of when we're in possession, he's kind of wasted. It's almost like, well... Why don't you just get for- get yourself forward because you're a big lump and we can just get knock it to you every now and then and you can win a flick on and get us a bit higher up the pitch in terms of territory. I know that's a bit a bit mundane and a bit boring and a bit of a different kind of way, but he is wasted in the central midfield p- position when we when we've got the ball. But that's just me. I, I can't fault his commitment because it summed it up when he got kicked in the face. So <laughs> and he just got up and got on with it. But that is my issue. But he will be on the, t- in the team on Saturday, and, I, and we will come into that on the in the second half of the pod. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win. Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Serving times. Delivery free. In terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Just a break in play to give a plug to my business. This is Reese off the pod. Um, I have my own courier business, um, RL Delivery Service. Um, I do local and GB deliveries. 
um, good rates, fully insured. So give me a message on it's RL Deliveries on Twitter. You can find it in my bio, which is um, Reese, spelled R E I double S N F F C. Or I'm also on Facebook at RL Delivery Service. So if you do need anything moving, give me a message and I'd be more than happy to help. Just before we get into the Liverpool game, I just want to ask you, Christian, would there be any other positives you'd take other than the clean sheet from that game last night? The clean sheet is the main one. You're right there. Um, first one in two months, which you know is alarming. Quite, <laughs> yeah, quite alarming, definitely. Um, I thought, you know, um, to be fair to them, McKenna and Cook, I thought were outstanding. Uh, McKenna very much looks like the player of this season, winner from last season. He looks like, um, in fact, actually, out of all the players who have come up from Forest, really, the ones that we've kept, uh, McKenna's definitely the one that's adapted to Premier League life the best. And, um, you know, it's, it's at the, the rate he's going, Cooper is going to have a very serious selection issue when Neocarte is fit again, because he'll more likely not try and get both of them in the way McKenna is playing in a minute, just because of how... And, um, that could be interesting because that could then see a change of shape. Um, and Cook, <laughs> fair play to Cook. I mean, Cook was brilliant. I mean, apart from that one, no shank clearance or mistake, sorry. There was one um, there was one ball over the top, which I thought was almost certain to put in them when I was in 101. And he just did this recovery lunge pretty much and the ball just pinged up into the sky. It was like, Christ, that was very good. Fair enough. So that was good. Defence was solid again. Um, I know, um, you know all the nerds and their XG stuff we said that we probably got panned on XG doesn't really matter the only thing that matters is what happened on grass and we drew the game 0-0 so um, there is that um, I thought despite you know I found it very weird some of the um, perception just to sort of echo what Reese was saying really like you know you know, fans saying oh how good Gibbs White was and saying how good Johnson was but Lingard was crap it was like Lingard ran just as much as they did he put just as much to shift him as they did and um you know, I, there is this weird sort of expectation level with Lingard. I feel that, you know, he's meant to contribute bits and bobs every game or unless he gets the ball in areas where he can hurt the position team, he's not going to be doing that. But, you know, one stick used to beat him is that he doesn't really do the defensive side of his job very well. You know, he held shape superbly yesterday. He, you know, he really got stuck. He is basically operating as a defensive midfielder at most, most of the points. So... And that was a positive, you know, that was like, you know, fight for the badge from the front uh, behaviour, and that was good. Um, Aurier looked very good for the hour he plays. I know he's a bit annoyed to come off, but I think that is with his um, recovery schedule in mind. Hopefully he starts on Saturday. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it, really. I mean, yeah, obviously we didn't really lay a glove on Sanchez, but um, in terms of positives, I think broadly speaking, you know, it's a clean sheet. It's a good point away. I think it's the first time since the Everton game, I would say, where if someone says to you before the game, would you take a point? We've probably gone, yeah. And we've actually gone out and got it. So I know obviously people might say, oh, about Villa stopping the rot, but I still think it could be one we look back on and think we should have won. So that's good. That is a good step in the right direction. Hopefully, you know, we can just take this little, like we stop the rot completely and try and just push forward and, get a shot result on Saturday. I think I think the thing we can all positively say is there's not one person that is not fighting for the shirt and for the points for the team. No one looks like they're not trying and, and such. When you see relegation sides before in the Premier League, you can tell when they've like really down tools, which is a good thing, I think, in the long run. It just hopefully it can we've got enough time to turn it around. But we're going to get some slept on it thoughts where Lee Clark is absolutely fuming because he says, I'm going off you when I wrote this uh, out on our Twitter page. Uh, Phil said, it wasn't pretty, but exactly what we needed. First clean sheet since West Ham conceded one from open play in three. Proper team performance. Yates and McKenna were good again. See if we can keep the Scousers out now. Carl Booth, Brighton up for all their possession, looked toothless, so we didn't really get tested too much. Need to close teams down when they get to the edge of our box much better. Can't seem to get a foot on the ball in midfield and we win no second balls. And up top, we don't create out. Uh, and Sam looked better side all round. Might have put one past Brighton if we started an out-and-out striker, but still a good point either way. Which does bring me on to the Liverpool game, Reese and, and Christian, I'm sure you can pipe in your uh, thoughts here, but how do we go about Saturday? Obviously, lunchtime kickoff. 
against Liverpool on BT Sport, where Darren Fletcher will be certainly, I don't know what he might be doing, I don't know if he'll be licking his lips or licking someone's arse there or whatever, as we've established on this podcast. Um, sorry, Darren, but that's just the truth. So what, what can we do if we're going to get a result out of this? Because no one expects us to even draw, I would say, Reese. but should we throw the kitchen sink at them in that case? Or should we kind of look to frustrate him as long as possible and, and hope we can get him on the counter? It's going to be, have to be similar to last night into, you know, if you throw the kitchen sink at Liverpool. Oh, they're going to smash us, <laughs> we, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, the, 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 pick pocket, the pick holes, mate, because like we said, we haven't really got a cohesion yet as of a team, have we, a passing it? So it's going to be similar to last night um, in terms of we're going to be deep. We've got to look in terms of the transition um, from defence to attack, that's got to be far better because at the minute it's pretty much non-existent, I think it's fair to say. And we've got to try and hit them on the counter. Um, positive is, I know Yota's injured for them long-term. Lewis Diaz. Diaz is injured for them long-term. So they're probably going to start with Salah will be right, I guess, in Firmino or Nunes through the middle or unless one of them will go left. But I'm not too sure about that. To I be think honest. Nunes will play off the left person. Which I don't dare say it at the moment. He's looking a bit, you know. I think everyone was comparing him to Erling Haaland, wasn't it, at the start of the season? Haaland's just, you know, batted him off like, like a, like a fly. So it's going to be tough, mate. You know, you know how much I dislike Liverpool, but they're on the day the phenomenal football side. The one of the best sides in the world, in fact, and they've just beat, in my opinion, the best side of the world in the world on Sunday. You know, by hook or crook, I know it was a mistake, but they've kept a clean sheet against them as well. So hey, it was route be... one, Reece, so I've got hope. Yeah, <laughs> the best, probably the best wing back in the world making an error like that. So it's going to be tough. You know, I, I, if I'm going to be, I don't not writing the games off because you you got to go into every game thinking you can get something. But I think if we get anything out of the next two, there'll be a bonus. Personally, I think you've got to look at them. You know, if you're looking in a batch of fixes, obviously you only focus on your next game, but you look at them two games before the break, Palace at home, Brentford, they are massive games. And you've got to be looking at them to really get in at least, I'd say, four points out of them too. Yeah. Or at least, at least at the very bare minimum, a win out of two. Um, the, ne- the next two are going to be really, really tough to get anything. But we've just got to, you know, if we can show some solidity like we probably have done these last few games really try and frustrate Liverpool because the thing is as well with Liverpool they're going to push more men forward aren't they if it goes later on in the game if it's still nil nil later on they're not going to think well we'll take a point here they'll try and push us and break us down so we're going to have to try and pick them off on the counter and it wouldn't surprise me to see a one you through the middle on Saturday um, trying to run the channels being a bit of a arms and legs is it it reminds me is it the Isle of Man flag where it's like the like the legs in the middle that's what I think that's a picture of a one year <laughs> and what he like predict, brings to the side so well the, the, the thing is you see. want you want him to play against obviously like if Joe Gomez and and Virgil van Dijk are playing centre-halves he's the ideal candidate really to just yeah cause so chaos and just, Gomez. just legs and arms everywhere but Christian it's a bit unfortunate that there's a possibility that Trent Alexander-Arnold's not going to play because he would potentially be the person that, if we was going to get any joy, it would be out of him defensively. Obviously, attacking-wise, you can't fault him. The, the bloke's a joke at crossing the ball in a dead ball situation and his passing. But it's the, it's the other area where a lot of teams have had a lot of joy out of Liverpool this season, so early doors. But if he's not going to play, where do you, where do you see their other weaknesses, if there is any? Um, depends on their midfield I think that's going to be the key thing if they play Jordan Henderson we've got a chance straight off the bat we've got a chance if he plays I'll say that freely like, we've got a chance of winning the game if Jordan Henderson steps on that pitch it's a little shirt so um, the issue for them has been has been one of the reasons why Trent has been or had his defensive frailty so badly exposed is because they haven't had a lot of I think they've been having a midfield three of uh, what's it Milner, Henderson and Harvey Elliott which you know doesn't really offer a lot of solidity or movement. So whenever Trent has come forwards and like, gets caught out, obviously the instinct is then right, 
diagonal ball straight into that area where he's got a scarf back to try and get there. And there's no defensive midfielder slotting in there. It's quick enough to deal with it. When, whereas when they have Fabinho and Thiago, Fabinho can do that. And then he'll give it to Thiago, who then you know, keeps possession very well and does what he does. So, um, yeah, I think that is definitely... There, is, there will be other areas, glimpses of the pitch. I think, to be honest, what they might do, I think um, you might see Harvey Elliott join that front three and Fabio Carvalho come into the midfield rather than Sharp Nunes out wide on the left. Um, I reckon or one of Firmino or Nunes will be dropped in my opinion she's started pretty much a start on the right so um, <laughs> left back will be interesting but um, yeah I think they'll be interesting there will be something experienced now and we obviously we know how good Carvalho is he was good last year with Fulham you know um, a teenager ripping up in a team like that you know fair enough it's a good team but not everyone has that ability so we know how good they are. We know how strong they are, but they're certainly beatable. They're certainly there to be got at. And I think that, um, yeah, it could, it's going to be an interesting game for sure. And uh, as the old saying goes, don't bet on the early kickoff because you never know. <laughs> I mean, this has definitely got a opportunity to be a coupon buster uh, early doors, hasn't it? I mean, Reese, would you say Steve Cook and McKenna have been watching like videos of Darwin Nunes against Wakim Anderson like, at, uh, when Crystal Palace visited Anfield and thought just if you just like nudge him a fair few times and maybe tell him that his haircut shit, he could react in a similar <laughs> fashion? Um, not no, I don't, mate. Because I, I think managers, as much as I dislike Jurgen Klopp's antics, a manager of that quality, I think, would just stab that out once that's happened. I think I think he'll allow that to happen once, and he'll be like, "Look, it's happened. Put arm around his shoulder, but don't let it happen again." You know, firmly. You know, I, I don't know whether they'll try them kind of antics. You've got, to, I think, these big clubs. You have to try and you've got to try a few dark arts and try and get under the skin, really, as you say, Joachim Anderson did, and it worked to a T that night because Palace got a point, I believe, they did that night. Yeah, they should they should have won it, really. Yeah. So I mean. I'm sure they would have took a point before the game. So yeah. um, it'll be interesting, like Christian's just said, um, they were discussing on Talksport earlier because Liverpool play West Ham this evening. Um, they were saying that Harvey Elliott might come in on the left or Carvalho might come in. So and that's not our ex-Carvalho, by the way. <laughs> um, so yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, probably see what happens tonight, first of all, with Liverpool, really. I guess it's a positive, a little bit of a positive for us, that we've kind of got an extra day's recovery, really, before an early kickoff on Saturday, which Klopp likes to moan about. So I'm sure, I'm sure as it gets on to Friday, he'll be moaning about that come this weekend. But I'm not. He's not on. Is he not in a dugout now as well? Is that right? I don't. I don't know what how long his ban is. I don't know if Christian you know or anything, but he might not even be there. Oh, he might be in the director's box at Forest, I mean, which will be an you, interesting. Can you one. sit in his? Can you sit in I the think, stands nowadays? Or I think he's got till Friday to appeal. I might be wrong. Right. So um, well, I doubt I'm not he's going to get off Thursday, of it, is he? That's it. Yeah, but I'm not sure if he'll be in tonight. Regardless, I'm not. I think right. I'm not sure if the red cards are for that game. Or, I, you know, I think he's in for tonight because he's yeah. got obviously he can appeal. So. That's it, yeah, yeah. So probably, still, yeah. He probably won't be in for our game. I mean, see him appealing, to be honest. Um, I mean, can <laughs> he sit in the stand or is he um, ban- banished from the crowd? I'm not, I think he'll banished be banished from the city. Watching TBI, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That'll be an interesting one. Yeah. Of him just gurning. Yeah. So, but, um, um, yeah. like, oh, I think with I think with Liverpool, I think you are right with about in, in terms of like dark arts, Reese. Because uh, can you imagine like Ryan Yates winning one of them horrible free kicks that he does, where like quite close, where he just bundles himself over, sort of thing, and then just with his stupid smile. Do you know what I mean? Like you've got you've got, to, you've got to frustrate teams like that, and you you've just got to get under the skin a little bit. And like I said earlier in the pod. I mean, we didn't do that at all to Man City. We just let them play free-flowing football and it was like a training game for them, especially at home as well. The atmosphere should be electric that day. You know, I'm sure when the fixture list come out, a lot of fans would have looked for the pool probably as the first game. When do we play them home and away? Um, the FA Cup atmosphere last season was brilliant. There's the rivalry isn't they, between Forest and Liverpool from the past. You know, I'm sure a lot of fans of an older generation will still really dislike Liverpool because we were rivals back in the day. Um, I know there is people out there trying to deny that, etc. But, yeah, um, 
you know, it should be a cracking atmosphere and hope <laughs> you're crossing your fingers, aren't you, really, for Saturday, let's be honest. You've got to hope that Liverpool aren't on it and we can frustrate them, really, to get a result out of it because it's going to be tough. Yeah, absolutely. I've just looked at their team for the, the Man City game that they had and they played a 4-2-3-1 four, a four, of Alisson, Milner, Gomez, Van Dijk, Robertson, Fabinho, Thiago, Elliot, Firmino, Diego Jota is obviously injured and, and Salah. And their bench is not... It's I mean, they've got Alexander-Arnold, Cavalio, Henderson, Curtis Jones, Darwin, Nunes and Shimakas who are like kind of more first-teamers in, in that sense. So kind of gives me a tiny bit of like a glimmer of hope in terms of like depth that they have that they haven't got like massive massive players like they would do with with Luis Diaz and and Yotto on the bench or whatever for say but oh you've you've as a football fan you've got to hold on to something haven't you a little bit but awesome. we're gonna get some predictions Lee has texted me finally a five one loss. Um, which I, <laughs> I mean, it oh, is for that, Lee. The bloke is full of <laughs> full of optimism. It has to be said. Um, so that that's that's gone on there. I think it's got a potential coupon buster, um, which I will get to later on. But let's go with you, Christian. First of all, um, I'm going to give again much like the Brighton game that seemed to work, and we actually got a result. Um, I'm going to give um, head and heart sort of prediction. So head saying that Liverpool have too much for us. We'll give away half a chance that we gave Brighton and they'll just take it because they have actually players who can hit a football. I might well can do a football. Yeah. If you get Salah in some of the positions that you know Welbeck found himself in, or even Trossard found himself in on um yesterday, it's not saying we defended well, but you know, chances are he'll take them because he's just a much higher caliber of player, that's just how it goes. So you know, it's, it's, it's going to be very tough. Um, I worry as well that one thing that I found concerned me yesterday was that when Brighton pressed and pushed us back, they did it very, very effectively. You know, we tried to play out for the Brack a lot. You know, you still Freud are coming deep. And like you said about, um, it's all I know you agree with what Ray said, that, you know, you want these players to take on a half turn so they can look up the pitch and try, but Brighton simply just didn't let us do that. They just pushed us back and pushed us back and pushed us back. And the ball went to Henderson and, and you know, he, had, he had to go long, so there was nothing else on. Now, Brighton are a good pressing team, but as we all know full well, Liverpool have sort of become the master of pressing, especially in England. So that is a big area of concern for me because they all do it much more ruthlessly and much more efficiently than Brighton did and probably catch the ball in and around our penalty area and make something happen. So if we start dicking around a bit from the back anyway. So that's a bit of an area of concern for me. So head speaking, I think we'll probably lose it 3-0. I think that that would be too strong for us and that's okay. Um, ultimately, it's, like, it's not a bonus game of sorts, but it, the games against the top six aren't going to be the, what define our season. That's important to remember. Um, you know, it's not a day out sort of thing. It's not, oh, you know, it's Liverpool in town sort of thing. Obviously, we go into it to win, but if we do get tonked, it's that won't define where we come in May. Trying so yeah, just try and bear that in mind when the game happens. Um, heart speaking though, I think we can win, and um, I genuinely think we can win. I think that they're going to be knackered after um, today anyway. West Ham at home, um, that'll be another probably very similar job. West Ham will sit in and try and sit for them, and you know try and make life as difficult as it can for them. So then. They've got, so I just had a quick look. They've got Ajax, is it away? I think, yeah, Ajax away on Wednesday night. So that's a very quick turnaround. And obviously, they've got a game again the weekend. They're still going to be recovering from a city game where they spent most of the game chasing the ball. I think they could be quite tired, um, or there could be some tiredness there to exploit. They might not have Pep on the touchline. Um, Pep, Klopp, it's all the same. Uh, it's all the same with these. Elite they might have Klopp on the touchline. I'm thinking of Pep Linders, isn't it? That's his number two. Um, they might not have Klopp on the touchline, which is obviously going to be a blow. Um, the injuries they've got mounting up, they're not going to be a full firing Liverpool side. And, um, you know, if, if Trent plays with a bit of adventure, we might actually get a final win. So, heart speaking, I think we could win 1 0. I generally think we could get something. I think wow, that man. I know it sounds insane to think to get two back-to-back clean sheets, 
but I think that we really could frustrate them. I think that the, the players would be well up for it, the crowd would be well up for it. We'd be certainly on the back pages of, of all the sports yeah. newspapers. And anyway. it would be also, it would be the most forest thing in the world. I mean, like, obviously, we've got not like, nine games that'll win or whatever it is, and this to be the one that end it. I thought, <laughs> I was very convinced that, you know, we'd become charity FC again. Obviously, we gave Wolves their first, second half goal this season, Leicester their first win this season. Bournemouth just lost 9 0. Ironically, to Liverpool, but we won't mention that. And um, we're two 0 up, two 0 down against us, and still won the game for the first time they've come back to win two 0 down the Premier League ever. I, all these things that Forest were responsible for. And then <laughs> yesterday we had a prime example to do it again. It would have been the Zerbi's first win. It would have been Brighton's first midweek game in with week win in eight. It would have been their it was their hundredth game at the Amex in the Premier League and their two hundredth game overall in the Premier League. It was all set for them to win last night, and they didn't do it. Forest held firm. So, now that we've proven that we don't have to be Charity FC and give away points left, right and centre, maybe, maybe we could do something. Liverpool still haven't won, at, um, ironically, in the Premier League era, they haven't won the City Grounds in the league match. Oh, well, there you go. Times. You've put that out into the world, yeah. So, <laughs> let's, hope, let's <laughs> I mean, hope that it stays that way after. But I, we'll see. We'll see. It's a tough one, but I'm hopeful. <laughs> I'm hopeful. I love the optimism, at least. Come on, Reese. You've yeah, nodded your head now. Fair, I mean, fair play, Christian. That's some dress up that is what you've just given then. <laughs> um, I think it was it Brighton not scoring like 56 shots now as well. I think yeah. Sorry, um, Mike hasn't scored since November 2021. He's had 50 odd shots since. Welbeck hasn't scored in his last like 20 odd shots. You know, again, both of these, with that in mind, playing Forest to the fort 2-0 March and Welbeck, but mm. didn't happen. So they're desperate for a quality striker. Brighton. If I think if they could get that, then like I've said to you in the, our chat, they could probably challenge for that um, Europa mm. League spot. So, well, conference is it now seventh? So, yeah. um, get, getting back towards God. Um, I mean, if you know, if someone said he's a thousand pound, put it on the result, it'd be going on a Liverpool win. Of course, it will because yeah, I, I just can't. You know, I just see it as we can't score at the minute, so it means keeping them out. Do I fancy us to keep them out for 90 minutes? I, d- I don't, but because it's Liverpool, you know what? Because it's Liverpool, I don't want to predict them to win. I'm going to, I just remind the listeners as well, I did predict a 0 0 for Brighton in the last pod, so I'm going to stick with that again, another 0 0, and I'd happily take it as well. <laughs> with like Liverpool having like ninety nine percent possession and us like one shot off target, um, but now we've got to we've got to show more going forward. We knew like we had to be more solid, but I think we proved the last three games in terms of. I know the stats guys are saying we've still conceded quite a few chances, but we've proved the last three games we we haven't collapsed we've only conceded one goal from opening play which was an absolute cracker as well let's have it right um so we've we've kind of you know solidified the spine of the side now we've got to start getting forward and you know some link up play because it's just not good enough is it so yeah but I'll stick with a nil nil because I just don't want to predict Liverpool to, <laughs> to win but it's it's going to be tough it's going to be very very tough I'm going to be realistic and and say Liverpool will probably win two 0 Though there is an opportunity for us to get at them. Yeah, I think I think in certain I think in certain certain circumstances where depending on personnel or, or whatever, we can we can hurt them. It's just whether Cooper's brave enough to do it and whether the team is confident and brave enough to do it themselves. Obviously, because the manager can only pick the team and tell them certain instructions. It's up to them on the pitch at the end of the day. It's just but, on the transition of the can to into that. We've yeah, got I to just I can. just if we can really really frustrate them and 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 dig deep and take our time on certain things where we kind of control the game in terms of the tempo and and disrupt Liverpool as much as possible and just make it as difficult as we can. And there's a glimmer, glimmer of hope where your one pound bet on Forest will win. So, and, a, and an early coupon buster, that's what I'm going to go for. So I'm going to say 2-0 Liverpool, but I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful of, of a positive result, but I just want to be realistic at, at, in the end of the day. But thank you very much for joining us on Red Side of Trent. We will be back at the weekend to review the Liverpool game and talk to you previewing the Arsenal game. Thank you again for your slept on it thoughts and thank you from all of us. We'll see you next time. Come on, you Reds. Just a quick one as well from all of us on this podcast. This is something that we all share and it's something that 
myself and I'm sure the other guys have noticed as well is that a lot of people, especially Forest fans, as that's what mostly I do have on my Twitter, um, seeming to struggle a little bit with their mental health at the minute. You know, if you are struggling, um, by all means, message the pod and one of us will reply to you or message somebody on Twitter, you know, use the Forest timeline with the hashtag or just to make sure you talk to somebody rather than doing anything silly. Um, there is plenty of options out there. You know, if you also want to talk to someone in conference, there's, you know, charities like Mind who will help you. Um, but just make sure you just talk to somebody rather than, you know, doing anything silly. I think that's um, an important message to relay um, to anybody who listens to the pod who might be struggling at this time. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You in? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> 